Um, let's, let's start in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I'll put it up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. It says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, I dare say this is a passage that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, there are people who are familiar with this verse that don't even recognize it as being in the Bible. Um, and sometimes verses become that well-known and that popular, okay? But we see that this is the absolute Word of God. And so there are songs written about this, and people you know, quote these things and, and so forth and so on. Um, but I think if you look at a literal translation of this, it, it really opens this verse up. So let me put that on the screen for you. It says, But those expecting Jehovah pass to power, they raise up the pinion as eagles, they run and are not fatigued, they go on and on and do not faint. Okay, so it takes that word waiting on the Lord, or that phrase wait on the Lord, and it, it breaks it down to what it's literally saying here. And the, and the literal translation is not sitting around waiting like twiddling your thumbs, waiting, okay? But it's speaking of an expectation. Those who expect Jehovah pass to power. Those who expect Jehovah pass to power. Now, I got a lot of verses. I don't know how many of them we're going to get to this morning, so let me just talk to you for a moment and then we'll come back through and, and look at some of these verses and, 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 and show them to you in the scriptures. But um, we, we see so many verses that support this literal translation. In other words, I don't want you to think that I'm just you know trying to reach for some obscure translation that, that not many people know or understand and trying to make something fit this morning that doesn't line up with the rest of the Word of God. For instance, he also says in Isaiah, to whom shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? Okay, and he says the arm of the Lord is revealed to the to those who believe the report of the Lord. So if you're going to see God's power working in your life, then you're going to have to believe what God has said about you and what He has said about your life. Okay, so we've we've kind of taken a little side journey from our main line of study, and I, I felt led of the Holy Spirit to do this because some of the things that we're going to be looking at later this summer and then on into fall as we close out this year, um, there are things that if, if, if you don't have confidence and faith in the power of God, they're going to seem to be well over your head. Amen. Um, because remember, we were created to live on a level that we can't get to on our own. Amen. We, we were created to have things that, that no amount of work or sacrifice or money could ever buy or earn. Amen. Things that Father God created you to have in your life, created you to have access to in your life. Amen. That our own efforts can, can never attain. Um, we, we can only experience these things in our life reality according to and by the power of God working in our lives. Amen. Remember, you were never meant to be limited to what money can buy or medicine can fix. Amen. And, th and so this is, this is why Jesus says with, with man it is impossible. There are all kinds of things that the wisdom of men cannot uh, uh, solve, uh, cannot heal, cannot repair, cannot fix, cannot make new. Okay, But remember what the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit said to the church. He said, I do not want your faith to be in the wisdom of men, but for your faith to be in the power of God. Amen. And so it's, it's easy, I think, for us... Um, you know, in the world that we live in with so much going on around us and, and, and what's going on around us, the Bible paints this picture. It's like it's pressing in on us and it's conforming us. And, and, and so we see that if we do nothing uh, to counteract that, 
um, our minds will be conditioned by the world around us. Amen. But instead of our minds being conditioned by the world around us and our lives conforming to the world around us, we see that our minds are being renewed or our minds are being reconditioned by the Word of God, by the truth of God. Amen. That's one of the reasons why we assemble together like we're doing this morning is so that we can worship God, so that we can fellowship with one another, so that we can fellowship together with Him and then fellowship together with Him together. Amen. I fellowship with Him uh, by myself all the time. Amen. And that's important. It's important for you to do that. But He likes it when we all fellowship with Him together. Amen. It's one thing for uh, me uh, to be somewhere with my mom and dad. Amen. But it's another thing for the whole family to be together with my mom and dad. It's different kinds of fellowship. And so in the same way, your heavenly father knows you as an individual. He enjoys spending time with you by yourself, but he also likes it when the whole family in heaven and earth, right? When the whole family gets together and we fellowship with one another as we fellowship together with him. It's a beautiful thing. It's something that I've heard Matthew say it this way. He said that that father always circles this morning, this time on his calendar. He looks forward to when we get together and worship him together. But we also, amen, see that this is one of the one of the main ways that God speaks to us. It's one of the ways that 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 he um, there's a couple of folks over the years that for whatever reason they've asked if they could have their mail sent to the church amen and um and some of that mail's piling up on my desk and i got to get it to them right and 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 as as i was praying uh, this morning for for those brothers you know it's like the lord said that's not the only mail that i have for them here at this church right come on now he's got some other mail for them that doesn't come through the us post office amen but comes through the holy spirit Things that he wants to say to us and things that he wants to, to speak to us and, and reveal to us. And, 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 and this, again, is important because it's not just that we're going through and, and, and facing challenges alone, um, but we're learning and growing and facing challenges together as a, as a, as a body, as a family of faith. And, and, and this is how Father uh, created and designed and set these things up. You have a purpose and a destiny to fulfill in Father's kingdom that you cannot feel by yourself. You cannot accomplish alone. You've got to work together with other people in the body of Christ. And so as we come together, as we, as we collectively set our hearts and minds upon him, as we collectively sing from the same page, amen, and, and, and confess the same words through song and music and, and prayer and agreement, um, we see that Father brings our hearts together and knits our hearts together. And then he begins to speak to our hearts, not just individually, but speaking to our hearts collectively. Amen. To, for us to grow together and develop together. Amen. It's, it's the plan of God, and, it, and, it's, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and I know that some of you, I'm not trying to confuse you when I say this, but my brother, my sister, it will continue long after the current age of the earth uh, is over. Uh, we, we will be learning together and growing together and working together and fulfilling Father's will together uh, for millennia. Amen. And so it's important for us to, to, uh, to, to, to get that going now, so to speak. Amen. For us to, to get accustomed to these things um, now. Um, over the years, people have, have said, you know, I, uh, we've even had people, they, they wait till after the music's over to come uh, because they said they just... Uh, Russell Autry used to say it this way, you know, of course he knows better now. He just, you know, really got turned on the things of God. He, he'd say, I, I would skip the entertainment and go hear what the big guy had to say. Amen. Well, see, I get nervous. I, I say nervous. I get concerned for people, um, right, who, who are nervous when, uh, when there's music and worship going on because there's going to be a lot of that in heaven. 
And so you need to start getting comfortable with that now. Amen. You need to start getting used to that now. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Because we're going to be doing a lot of that for a long, 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 long time. Amen. And it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I, I guess at, at this point in my life, I'm more excited uh, to learn what I don't know than I've ever been. Um, because I know the things that the Lord has taught me up until this point and the difference that they've made in my life and the way my life's been enriched by the things that he's revealed to me and, 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 and the difference that those things have made, the, the tangible, measurable, verifiable difference um, that those things have made in every dimension of my existence. Amen. And, and so I know, like Paul, you know, he, he pointed this out to us that we've not yet arrived, we've not yet attained all there is to attain. And so I've, I've never been more excited about, you know, God's power working in us and through us and among us, amen, uh, as, as I am right now. Uh, because, uh, you, you know, we're all hard workers. Um, I'm saying that whether you are or not. I'm confessing that over you, amen. We're all hard workers. We're all diligent men and women. We, 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 um, we give it our best effort, praise God, um, without any offense to anyone in this building, though. Our best efforts uh, alone are not enough, Amen. What we can accomplish ourselves uh, is not enough. Amen. Um, it never was meant to be. Praise God. But those who expect Jehovah, they pass to power. When Jesus said you have to be like a little child to enter the kingdom, um, and when he even took a child in his lap and said such is the kingdom, I believe that we could preach you know, series of sermons off of what he meant by that. But one of the key things, one of the key things that he's really been breathing on in my life is the expectations uh, of a child, um, the, how a, a child has not yet been jaded, a child has not yet been uh, told one thing and, 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 and another thing happened uh, so many times in, in that child's life that that child begins to expect disappointment. And, and, and I think that's where a lot of God's people are. If I could just be just real open and honest with you this morning, I believe a lot of God's people on planet Earth have come to a point in their lives where they've become old, they've become crusty, they've become jaded, and, and they expect disappointment. They expect disappointment. And, and listen, we've we got to break that. Come on now, we've got to break out of that. Because those who expect Jehovah pass to power, the only way to pass over into the power of God and see the power of God producing results in your life that you can't produce on your own is if you have expectations of that. Now, we could we could... Um, talk about how that equals faith. We could talk about how that equals trust. We could talk about how that equals hope and, and, and all of those things. And certainly there are elements of, of that, our confidence in God, our trust in God, our faith in God, our belief in God, our hope in God. But there's something about that word expectation, right? It, it, it kind of brings it down to a, when I say practical level, I'm talking about something that you can actually practice. That, that, that you know, it, it's a good way of measuring um, you know, again, where you are in your faith, your trust, your confidence, your hope in God by examining closely your expectations. What are you expecting? What, what are you expecting to happen this week? What are you expecting to happen uh, in your life this afternoon? Amen. And, and so, you know, it's the way it's been now ever since, you know, the first Sunday in June 1998. Um, the things that I stand up here and talk to you about are things that the Lord is teaching me on a, on a personal level. And he's really been challenging me um, in, in this area in my own life personally. So much so that I've been consistently confessing that I'm expecting more today 
um, than I can produce on my own. And, I, and I've been sharing some of that with you. I, I, I shared about the whole situation when I was teaching class, and, and uh, that unique thing happened with my, my watch, and it sent a message to my sister that was ac- actually answering a text. That Anyway, I'm not going to go into that one. But I do have another quick one for you, uh, if, I, if I could. And it's simple things. But it's important as we begin to expect Jehovah Amen. As our expectations go beyond what we can produce on our own ability, that when he then intervenes in situations small and large in our lives, that we we take note of it, we become thankful for it, and we tell somebody about it, right? Because the spirit of prophecy is in the testimony. What does that mean? The book of Revelation talks about that, right? It means when you give testimony of something God has done in your life, it becomes a prophetic word for him to do it in somebody else's life. Amen. So let me share a quick one with you. This may not seem like a big deal to you, but it was an extremely big deal um, for me. Amen. We have a new tenant moving in over here at 601C. Ladies, it's a clothing store, so I think you'll probably enjoy uh, that. You can go over to Southern Grace and visit our our brothers and sisters there in in the business across the street. And then over here uh, at 601C, hopefully in in, uh, the next month or so, they'll be be moving in. But um, I had to put some uh, baseboards uh, down, wooden baseboards down. Um, over there, and, and my nail gun, um, it, it gave up the ghost uh, when we were working on a unit over here, and so it was time to go get a, a, a new one, and um, I, uh, <clears throat> I like tools, if, if, if y'all don't know that about me, okay, <laughs> I, I really like tools, okay, and um, so uh, a couple of years ago, I bought a Pazload nail gun, if you know anything about these things, um, they are cool as Christmas, man. I mean, it, it is, you, you put a fuel cell in it um, and a little battery that ignites a spark, and there's, it's airless, and, and um, it, it literally, like, fires it. it. It explodes inside there and shoots the nail, and it's, it's just really, I just like to nail stuff together that don't even need to be nailed together with it. And so it, this, I need a finish gun. That's a framing gun, and I need a finish gun, and I, I really wanted the Pazload, you know, uh, internal combustion uh, framing gun, and um, they're three hundred and fifty nine dollars. Okay, and uh, and I can get a really nice one to hook to my air compressor for a hundred nineteen dollars. And um, so Lowe's and Bessemer didn't have either one, and um, and Fairfield Home Depot didn't have either one, and um, and so I'm driving to the Lowe's in Homewood. And I've already confessed this morning that I'm expecting more than I can produce on my own, but I'm talking to the Lord about this nail gun, right? I even asked him, I said, Father, which one do you think Abraham would buy? You know, I mean, I think, because the blessing of Abraham's on me, right? And, um, you know, I think, I think Abraham would probably go the 359. I don't know, you know. Um, and, um, but by the time I finally got there going back and forth, I, I said, you know what, I, I'll probably just do the 119. I've got the air compressor, you know, whatever so I walk over there to where the nail guns are are you ready for this the Pazload gun that I wanted on clearance for a hundred and seven dollars now anybody in here that's ever bought a tool I've never seen I have never in my life seen a nail gun put on clearance like clearance are you kidding me clearance 107 bucks. See, now, you say, Pastor Mark, that's not really. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
Yes, it is. I could have paid the three fifty nine. I didn't want to pay the three fifty nine when I could have got the same job done for one hundred and nineteen. Right? I got the one that I desired for less than the one that I didn't. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. So expectations, right? Expectations. Now, before I go any further, let me let me talk to you for just a moment about one of the most misunderstood people in the Bible. It's a man named Job. He's one of the mis- most misunderstood men in the Bible. And, um, and, and the book that bears his name, um, I think, is one of the most misunderstood books in the Bible. Now, we could talk all day and the rest of this month on Sundays together about Job. Let me, if I could, just really simplify what the book of Job is all about. This is a man, no matter how severe the disappointments he faced in life, never stopped expecting God to come through for him. If you're going to take anything away from the book of Job, if you're going to learn anything, and I believe if Job himself could stand here this morning and say one thing to you about his life, that would be it, right? Listen, God is not interested in slaying you, but when this man says, if he kills me, I'll still trust him. See, this was a man who had faced a lot of disappointments but was still expecting God to come through for him. Are you seeing this? And this is what made God just so love him and just so like, like, would you look at my servant Job? This is a man that no matter what he deals with in life, his trust was still in God. Amen. Now, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth this morning. Right? We all have faced disappointments in life, some more than others. We've all dealt with things and hardships in life. Again, some so much more than others that, that some of us would not even want to talk about ours in the presence of what other people in this room have dealt with. Right, And, and if we just be honest with you, things that we don't necessarily understand, things that, that, that don't really make a lot of sense. I, uh, a dear, dear friend of this house who was so instrumental in in, in helping us um, uh, uh, start uh, Heritage Christian Center. My dear brother Tom Roberts, he's with Jesus this morning. He's with his son and, 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 and uh, his first wife and, and uh, second wife this morning, praise God, in heaven and, and others that, that have gone on before. Um, but, you know, I don't understand why my brother is in heaven at, at this young of an age. Amen? But that, are you understand what I'm saying? My trust is in the Lord. Are you hearing me? My, and that's, you know, Brother Hagen had a, a sister that, that went to heaven way too young. And he just kept on and on and on about it. And finally the Lord told him, he said, that's between me and her, move on. Amen. Right? So sometimes things aren't, aren't between us and, and God, it's between that person and God. Amen. But listen to me, please. Listen to me, please. The older we get and the more disappointments we experience in life, we can't let those disappointments cause us to stop expecting Jehovah. Are you hearing me? That's what the enemy is trying to do with those disappointments. He's trying to get us to stop trusting God. He's trying to get us to, 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 to no longer expect um, things to, to, to work out and turn out in our favor, but where we literally come to the place where we are expecting to be disappointed. Matter of fact, I even, I even put this up here. I felt like it was so strong of a question that it needed to be be, you need to not only hear me ask it, but you needed to see it. Are you expecting to be disappointed? 
Are you expecting to be disappointed? Let me, let me um, praise God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I've got a couple more questions for you. Let's go to Ephesians 3. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Amen. All right, so Ephesians 3 and 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. Now, um, I would have to go back in my calendar, but I want to say it was um, 2019 that we began 2019 with the Lord speaking to us about the place that we give Him in our lives. Amen. I know some of you were here um, for those series of messages, and um, to me they're so significant we still mention them. Um, it was interesting that um, I, I talk about that um, frequently uh, in my morning classes at the Foundry and, um, and the importance uh, of, of giving God place in our lives. The, the word of the Lord, if you recall, the word of the Lord came to us and he, and he said this. He said, my people are wanting me to do things in their lives they're not giving me place to do. And, and of course, we, we, we search that out in scriptures and we see that the scriptures confirm that in order for God to do in your life what he desires to do in your life, you have to give him place to do it. You have to make room for him um, to do it. See, there, there, there are a lot of people who don't have the time of day, uh, you know, they don't, even have, they don't even have 15 seconds to give God thanks for the, for the food that they're about to eat, right? But they want God to protect them, they want God to provide for them, they want God to take, you, you follow what I'm saying? Uh, as a nation, um, we've basically said, God, we don't want you in our schools, we don't want you in our government, and for the most part, we don't want you in our families, but we want you to prosper us and protect us. Well, see, again, we, if we want his prosperity and his protection, we've got to give him a place in our lives where he can effectively protect us and prosper us. Are you with me this morning? This is, this is very, very important. Now, why am I going back to that? Why am I bringing that up this morning? Because the Lord asked me, again, a very simple question. What place, what place are we giving him in our expectations? What place... Are we giving him in our expectations? Okay. Do your expectations include him? Right? Is he included in what you're expecting? Or are you leaving him out? Are you excluding him from your expectations? Let me say it another way. Is God and his word, okay, who he is and what he has said, okay, is God and His Word in your imagined outcomes? Is God and His Word in your imagined outcomes? Do you understand what I mean by imagined outcomes? As you play out in your mind how you think or how you expect a certain situation to unfold, how you expect you know, uh, this thing to go, how it's going to play out in your life, okay? Th that would be 
um, your expectations, whether you've you know, acknowledged that or recognized that or not, your imagined outcomes, your expectations, okay? So what place does God and his word have in your imagined outcomes? In other words, do your imagined outco- outcomes include what he's said and who he is to you, or are you leaving him out of those imagined outcomes? Are you with me? So I'm trying to get this down there to where we live, amen, right down there to where the rubber meets the road, amen? So our imagined outcomes, are we giving him place in our expectations? Are we including him in what we expect, or are we excluding him in what we expect, okay? So does his word have place in our imagined outcomes? Let me say it another way, all right? You see, um, we all have this filter, um, your filter is, if I could give you the technical biblical word for it, it's your understanding. It's how you understand things. When Jesus said, be careful how you hear, okay, that's different from be careful what you hear. What you hear is important. In other words, what you allow into your eye gate and your ear gate, into your heart ultimately is extremely important. But in this particular lesson, Jesus didn't say, um, what you hear, he said how you hear it, okay? See, how you hear it is speaking of your understanding. It's the filter through which everything that comes into you, that comes to you, passes, right? So, for instance, if, if you are a very insecure person, a very insecure person, see, then this becomes a filter, and you'll hear people slight you that never slighted you. You will hear people, right, um, because it's not what you're hearing, it's how you're hearing it, right? So now all of a sudden, you, you're hearing that they don't like you, they don't want to be around you, this, and, and they're not saying that at all. But the filter of your insecurity, right, is, is how you're hearing it. Are you with me? This is important, okay? So when, 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 he, um, when we talk about then our understanding, our imagined outcomes, we're, we're talking about this filter, and, and this is the, the understanding. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights for weeks now. Faith will flourish in an understanding heart, okay? But a heart that doesn't understand, it's like a wet blanket on the flames of faith in your life. And it, so it becomes this, um, this filter. And, and, and I, we could say all kinds of different technical words, cynical, pessimist, you know, these kinds of things. But really what it basically boils down to is the enemy is trying uh, to uh, develop a negative filter in your life so that, that you see everything through a negative lens. Are you hearing me? So that, that, that everything you look at is, is, is negative, the way you process stuff is negative. You're, and, and so again, notice how all this translates into what you expect. This is why so many of God's people are expecting to be disappointed. The Bible says a genuine hope, right, will not be put to shame. A genuine hope in God will never be disappointed. But the enemy, again, if he, if he can get us to, to view life, to view ourselves, to view uh, the situations that we face in life through a negative lens, through a negative filter, then um, notice we have, in essence, excluded the God factor um, from our expectations, in other words, he, he has no input. What he said is not considered at all when we begin to uh, imagine outcomes. Now, let's go to this verse. Praise God. All right. Everybody still good? Everybody got a few more minutes? All right. So let's go to this passage here. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. 
It says, now to him who is able, this is speaking of God now, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Um, one translation says all that we ask or imagine. Okay, All that we ask, think, imagine. Notice, according to, he's able to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. And notice how he's able to do it, how he's able to accomplish it. He's able to accomplish it according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. Now, we, um, we met a, uh, a precious family uh, when we were down there uh, at the beach. And, um, and, you know, struck up a conversation and... And um, if, you, if you talk with uh, myself and, and Pam and Pastor Rick and Pam very long, by the way, they, we didn't plan that. It just, again, we expect more than we can produce on our own. And it just turns out that Pastor Rick and Pam were not only at the, at the beach the same time we were, they were one building over for us, right? And, um, and so anyway, we, it's a long story how we met this family. Um, but we were uh, talking to them. They love the Lord and, and, uh, and, and all stuff. So... The, the dad, though, he asked me, he says, uh, so, Pastor, um, uh, are you an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy? And um, I said, well, I'm both. I said, I'm, I'm, an, ex- I'm an expositor, which means explainer. I'm, I'm an explainer of the Old Testament, but I'm a minister of the New. And he looked at me kind of funny. He goes, I never heard it put that way. I said, well, that's the way the Lord told me to, to kind of explain it to people. And he said, I said, that whole, uh, Old Testament is a giant index finger pointing to Jesus. I mean, you, you find Jesus on every page in that, in that Old Testament t- telling about him. I said, but then I began to explain to him how things are different now in the New Testament than they were in the Old Testament. We have more uh, access to things, to the things of God, to God himself um, in, the, in the New Covenant, the one that we live under, than they, than they had in the Old Covenant. So I want you to notice now that in the Old Testament, Isaiah 40 says, those who expect Jehovah pass to power. Now, in the Old Testament, passing to the power of God would be some manifestation of God's power in their life as it came from heaven to the earth. Okay? But notice the difference now, and this is a, a, a very important difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, the power, we still have to pass to that power. We still have to swap over from our strength to his strength, from our ability to his ability, from our wisdom to his wisdom. But we're not swapping over to something that's on the outside of us. Now we're shifting over from our ability to his ability because his ability now resides in us. Come on now, this is, this is extremely important. This is one of those things that you need to meditate on, you need to chew on, you need to, you need to mutter to yourself over and over and over again. Something like this, the power of God resides in, let's make it simple, the power of God is in me. Come on now, say it with me. The power of God is in me. One more time. The power of God is in me. The power of God is in me. Amen. It's in me. Now notice, he's talking about God accomplishing things, doing things in your life. The power of God accomplishing things and doing things in your life beyond what you have the capacity to ask or imagine, right? And he does those things, accomplishes those things according to his power, but it's the power that is working in you. In other words, the power of God 
to, uh, to, to do things in your life that you can't do yourself, right? It's not reserved somewhere in the third heaven waiting for you to access it. It's inside of you now available to access. Let me, let me see if I can, without going too far down this road, remember in the, in the Old Testament, the, the, the kingdom of God was three heavens away. We see Daniel praying and fasting and angels bringing him answers, having to fight through the lower heaven, demonic, uh, the, you know, demonic spirits in the lower atmosphere surrounding the earth. He had to fight, that angel had to fight with those demonic powers uh, to get an answer um, to Daniel, and an archangel had to come and help him in that fight, so that the aim, so that the answer from heaven could could get to Daniel on earth below. Jesus shows up here, and he says, "The kingdom of heaven is at your fingertips. The kingdom of heaven is now at hand. The king came to the earth, and he brought his kingdom with him. So the kingdom of God is no longer three heavens away, far away, and hard to access. The kingdom of heaven has now been brought to the earth, and now." Now we see that Jesus has, has died and paid the price for the sins, made us new creations, and now he says it's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is now where? Inside of you. Inside of you. Oh, sweet Jesus. Listen now, I, I told you, one of the, I didn't go through the whole list, all right? You were created to understand things, no amount of study and hard work and learning on your own effort will, will ever, ever, ever come you to the, bring you to the conclusion of, right? This is something that can only, you'll, you'll never understand it unless you allow the Holy Spirit of God to reveal it to you. Amen. 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 You say, well, how can the kingdom be inside me? God says it's inside you. If it's inside you, it's inside you. Okay? You're much bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. Amen. Amen. Much bigger on the inside. There's, there's so much more in you. If you're a born-again child of God, there is so much more on the inside of you, right? This is why he says that he can accomplish in your life more than you can ask or think, right? Not, let, me, let me see if I can say it this way, all right? And this is accurate. My God shall supply all of my needs according to... Anybody know how, how that verse ends? According to His riches in glory. Okay? According to His riches in glory. So now notice he's saying that God meets our needs. And He does it according to not our supply, but His supply. Not according even to the supply that this earth can produce, but according to the economy of heaven. All right? So accurate. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just trying to show you the difference, though. Supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory. Here he's talking about accomplishing in your life beyond what you're able to ask, think, or imagine according to not his power that resides in heaven, but according to his power that resides in you. In you. Where is the power? Thank you. It's in us. That power is in us. It's in you right now. You see, I anticipated, amen, praise God, but my expectations were the Holy Spirit is going to help us lay hold of this this morning. All right, come on now. According to the power that works in us. So let me, let me give you some thoughts here. The power to accomplish far above anything you could ask, think, or imagine is, is already at work inside of you. 
Now, we still have to pass over. We still have to shift from our strength to His, from our ability to His ability, from our wisdom to His wisdom. But we're not talking about something that's, you know, we've got to drive halfway around the world to find. The power of God is in your born-again spirit. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm narrowing it down for you. The power of God is in your born-again spirit, and your soul... Your soul is the part of you that thinks, feels, and chooses. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. You live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. I'm inside here looking out at you. Okay? I might as well be like my grandson inside a cardboard box looking out, peeking out. Okay? It's just this body that you're seeing right now is the most sophisticated cardboard box. Amen? But I'm living inside of this body. This body's not me. This body's not me. See, we think, we think inside of us. Let me say it another way. The, the, the kingdom of God is inside your spirit, which is inside your body. It's not, the kingdom of God's not like, like over here by my kidney or something. Okay? The real me is a spirit. Infinitely more infinitely more than this physical body, okay? The Bible is very clear about it. This physical body does not have the capacity to express the glory that already resides inside of me in my born-again spirit. It's, it's like trying to, to, to play a, 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 a 3D digital movie on a black-and-white television set. It, it, it doesn't have the capacity. It doesn't. It can't compute it. Are you hearing me? Amen. All right. So, the power to accomplish far above anything you could ask, think, or imagine is already at work inside of you. The power of God resides in, is in your born-again spirit, and your soul, the part of you that thinks, feels, and chooses, listen to me now, it's like a valve. Okay? So notice when he says, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Your thoughts can either turn the valve off so that, watch this now, the power that's in you will not pass to your life reality. Okay? Or your thoughts can open the valve so that you pass to power. But how does a New Testament born-again believer pass to power? The power comes from inside of you, out of you. Oh, sweet Jesus, I'm out of time, but I'm not out of important stuff. All right, let me see. Mm-mm-mm. Praise God. I need to give you some, I need, real quick, and then we'll pray. Okay, everybody good? Yes? <laughs> the power of God's inside of you. Remember what he talked about those who had a form of godliness? But what did they do? They denied the power of God. Okay. Those who expect Jehovah pass the power. Those who expect Jehovah pass the power. Our expectations. What are our expectations? Our expectations are just the manifestations of our thoughts, right? You can't think one way and expect another. Yeah. Let me go back up. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let me, let me, I'm sorry if I'm acting kind of silly up here. I've just, I got 14 things. I've only got time for one or two of them. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of um, thoughts that have excluded thoughts that, in other words, if, if you're thinking like this, you have not included the power of God in your thought process, okay? Is that, I don't know if I said that correctly. Let me, let me go at it again. We were talking earlier about giving God place in your expectations. And are you doing that or are you not? Okay. So let me give you an example. Let me give you some examples of thinking that has left God and what he said out of the equation. Okay. Any thought that comes to the conclusion that it's too hard. That's, that's been a big one for me in my lifetime. It's too hard. How many things in our lives have we needed to accomplish that we have not accomplished because we expected it to be too hard? See? The Word says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It's too hard. Now, see, if, 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 if your expectations are, are being formulated and based upon it's too hard, you've left God out. You haven't given him place in your expectations. How about this one? We can't afford it. We can't afford it. I'm going to give you multiple variations of this one. That will never change. He will never change. She will never change. They will never change. It will never change. Anything that you would put in the sentence before will never change. Right? You've left God out of the equation. Because God can change it. The power of God can change it. The power of God can change it, as Pastor Bill Winston says, by this time tomorrow. Right? Amen. That'll never work. That'll never work. It's going to keep getting worse. How about this one? It'll take too long. It'll take too long. Can an older guy in the room speak for a moment to the younger people in the room? A year ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> you know, you, Daniel going into Daniel, just go on and get the doctorate, son. Just don't stop. Don't stop. Right? Because right now you think, eight years of school. Eight years, that's, you know, a year ain't what it used to be. Amen. I don't know how. It's never been done before. 
man, let me tell you something. Let, let, you you want to find you want to find something that really gets God motivated and excited. It's doing something through your life that's never been done before. See, we we get excited about that, don't we? Somebody running a hundred meters faster than it's ever been ran before. All these records and all this other stuff. Why do you, why do you think we keep track of that? And those kinds of things are important to us. It's because we were made in the image and likeness of someone who who takes great joy in doing things that have never been done before. But now watch this, though. Watch this. He's God, as Matt says. He can breathe a galaxy. He can breathe stars out of his mouth. Right? Where where he really gets excited is when he's able to do things in and through your life that have never been done before. See, that's, that's where he, Jesus danced a jig when the 70 disciples came back and had cast out demons and healed the sick and proclaimed the kingdom. He got more excited about them doing it than he got about him doing it. I don't have what it takes. Stand with me. How about this one? They'll never choose me. They'll never choose me. On more than one occasion, I have prayed for people's paperwork to be moved to the top of the stack. (laughs) Do you realize how easy it is? Like, and, and, And again, we're expecting beyond what we can produce. Let's say your application is number 200 in a stack of 400. Now, an imagined outcome. Here's my imagined outcome. I imagine somebody walking through and saying, let me help you with those, and grabbing the first 199 off the stack and carrying it to their office, leaving yours laying right there on top. There's reasons why we have recorded in the Gospels what we have recorded, okay? When Jesus owed some taxes, did did he go get a part-time job? No, he he went and pulled it out of a fish's mouth. L- l- let me let me just tell you, okay? That that's somebody who has um, a vivid imagination. See, this is what we got to realize. We, Father has a thousand different ways to meet your needs this morning. A thousand different ways to meet your needs this morning. We have a tendency to only think of one. Work harder. Sell something. Get a part-time job. I, listen, work, I, I'm not, I've worked two jobs since I was 15. I'm not, that's, I'm not. I believe in work. Don't misunderstand me, okay? But I'm also learning to expect more than I can produce by my own work. You see the difference there? I'm not, this isn't an excuse to be lazy. We should work hard. We should be diligent. Absolutely. All these things are very, very, very important. But we were never meant to be limited by what we can do by our own efforts. See, so Father's got all these ways to meet your needs. We, we've kind of gotten locked into one. Our go-to is just work and work harder and work more and sell something and sell some more and, and whatever. And Jesus is like, oh, we owe taxes? Well, really and truly, that's my daddy's house and, and the children of the king don't pay taxes, but we don't want to get them all in up or 
we don't get them all upset about it, so I'll tell you what to do. Go down there, catch a fish. First fish you pull out, reach in its mouth. There will be enough money in there to pay your taxes and mine and go pay them for us. It would have never been in there if it wasn't available for us as well. If, if, if that wasn't available to you and me, right? Now, I didn't pull gold out of a fish's mouth, but I pulled $242 out of a, you, you see what I'm saying, out of a clearance box. Amen. What are you expecting? Please stop expecting to be disappointed. Please stop expecting to be disappointed. Amen. Amen. Father, our hope is in you. Cursed is the man who puts his expectations in man. Father, our faith is not in the wisdom of men. Lord, we are so thankful for what, what people have figured out and what people can do and accomplish. And Lord, I believe even that came from you. But Lord, our faith is not in the wisdom of men. It's in the power of God. Our faith, Lord, is, is, is in you and in, and in the power that you've already put inside of us, Lord. Father, we, we don't believe anything's too hard for you, and if it's not too hard for you, it's not too hard for us. Father, we, we believe that, 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 that you are working in us, and, and Father, as we bring our thoughts into alignment, and as we begin to expect you and to put our confidence in you, Lord, that we're going to see all kinds of things start to break loose in our lives. Lord, as that valve opens and the power that's already in us begins to be released into our life realities, into our families, into our situations, Lord, I thank you that we are going to have testimony after testimony after testimony of what you're doing. All for your glory, Lord. All for your glory. That, that, that there may be glory in the church for you, Lord Jesus, forever and ever, the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. So, Lord, help us go back to imagining like a child. Help us to go back, Lord, to expecting, Lord, like one who's never been disappointed because our expectations is upon the one who never disappoints. Father, we're not expecting it to get worse. We're expecting it to get better. We're not expecting it to continue to go downhill. We're expecting it to turn. Father, we're not expecting, Lord, a bad report. We're expecting your report. And as we expect your report, your arm will be revealed in our situations. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. All right. Tell somebody around you good things coming. Good things coming. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Expect